This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do we hate Zach Braff just because? Fucking like New Jersey movie sucked. Or like, like, why didn't we like Zach Braff? We just don't. We mainly hate Zach Braff because of a website that existed in the mid noughties called Video Gum. Shout out to Video Gum, still one of the funniest things that existed on the internet. And a lot of it still exists. You can search it. But they had this amazing column called The Hunt for the Worst Film Ever Made. And a couple of Zach Braff films made it in there. And the way the writer of them, Gabe, dissected these films kind of opened your eyes. I, I feel like liking Zach Braff films or liking Entourage or things like that, it's like being in a cult, right? You, you need someone to de-brainwash you. And his accounts of these films were basically de-brainwashing. So, yeah, Zach Braff sucks, but how, why do you ask? Because uh, I had that Shin song in my head. Um, uh, because earlier you didn't today... write that song. Like, yeah, I know, but it's difficult. Like, imagine being in the shins and being like, yeah, sorry. Like, that's like, it seemed like a really good idea for us to be down for that cosign at the time. And look, it helped our career. Like, it'd be tough to wash your hands of that to be like, oh, yeah, sorry. It was a really cool cosign and it helped us heaps. But it, mm, lots of people still like Zach Braff. I think he's fine. I think he's going to survive a this. large pile of money at the moment. I think it's fine. Um, and it's I think funny we get cool to Zach Graff because he was a person who was too inexperienced to write a uh, script for a film. Like he just didn't know anything about what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> and so it turned out really badly. <laughs> but Peach, as we proved in a previous podcast, anyone can be a filmmaker. Yes. Anybody so maybe we can. need a manic pixie dream girl in our, in our script as well to be like, mm, what's going Peach. on? Peach, Peach, we are going to. Okay, so I have decided, like, uh, you know, last last episode we were going to talk about Eyes Up and we were going to finish Eyes Up because I told you I had the ending for it. But there was a lot to talk about, you know, and, you know, we talked about the deadliest film ever made mm. last week, but knock on wood, we're still here and we'll still be here when we release this episode. So I wanted to do a special intermission this You're week holding a thing that looks like a script. I could see it's, it in your hand. Peach, it's a notebook. It's a oh, one page. Sick. Oh, God. No, no, because I wanted to remember all the story beats. Sick. Okay, so let's finish eyes up today, Peach. Are you ready? Can I get can I, can I get a beer? Actually, I'm ready. Like I'm really ready to break the back of it. You just hang out and oh. chat. Like, I don't know what you talk to everyone about when I'm gone, but I'm gonna go get a beer. You just tell them a quick Peach, story. I just edit out these bits. What do you think I do? This is a fun idea. This is my like my earpiece is out. I might not listen back to this. You know, you just, you just tell them whatever you got to tell them. Go get your ashes, Peach. They're in the writer's room. I can't even hear me saying this because my headphones are out. All right, all right. Calm it down in there, you guys. It's Peach. Dad's back. Oh, man. Eyes up. So is today the day we finish it? Is that what we're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. Because you, you sent me a text that was like, I know how it's going to end. Yeah. And well, I mean, I just sent you an Peach, emergency one today to make sure there are a couple of beats that made it in. So, so we'll see how we go. Look, absolutely. Look, keep in mind mm. that 
you know, nothing's ever really finished. Kanye proved that with The Secret Life of Pablo. Or The Life of Pablo? Secret Life of Pablo? Secret, Secret Life of Pablo. <laughs> what was the one that he kept changing? Was it, was it Wolves? I, like, I love a lot of songs on that record, but Wolves, like the lyrics just really drag it down. But What's it about anyway, again? Oh, like it's about how he's just he whinging. Yeah, no, it's about he and Kim are like Mary and Joseph trying to find a room at the inn. Oh, like, when like, did just... Kanye become super boring? <laughs> so, like, one of the funny things about TikTok is that sadly there are still as many people interested in Eminem as there were 20 years ago. And you just realize <laughs> it's, it's weird. How, he's be, boring. how do people still love Eminem? Like, there's this he's interview crazy. where Mike Tyson interviews Eminem. And imagine if that happened 20 years ago, you'd be like, oh my gosh. And it's the most fucking boring thing I've ever. I sat through like 12 or 13 minutes where Eminem's like, yeah, man, I had a boxing trainer who like trained me for a while. It was really interesting and it helped me appreciate that you were a very good boxer in your day. And so that's, you know, that's really impressive, man. So it's really nice to sit here with such an impressive boxer. It's like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck are we even talking about here? It's like Eminem's views on whether Mike Tyson was a good boxer is the subject right. they, they opened with. So the reason I went on that digression is because this is, this is the first draft of Eyes Up. Eyes Up will change. And probably when we find... No, but when, when we actually get to the edit room and, you know, Ludacris is in there with us, <laughs> sort of, you know, and we're going through the rushes and we're going through the best shots and we're putting it all together, it's probably going to look quite different to what I'm reading you today. But it look reasonably different, but, you know, we'll see. The soul of it will be the same. Okay, so I don't, I don't know terminology, but I'm pretty sure a cold open is when you open without having the titles first. Can I throw you just a casting idea? Like just before yeah, okay, we cool. kick off as to who's going to yeah, play cool. the blind man. So you know the Guy Ritchie film recently, The Gentleman, which I presume I is sort of shit, but sort of fun is my expectation. Okay, yeah. Well, it was whose film debut? Bugsy Malone's film debut. And so I sort of thought... Oh, Bugsy Malone, the rapper. Bugsy Malone, the rapper, is in The Gentleman. And I think he gets like one line, which I presume he does a shit job of. He's in awesome physical shape. So we'll have him shirtless when he's putting on the skin at the start. Mm -hmm. And he's super charismatic. And I sort of thought that he's someone who could grow up in post-apocalyptic whatever whatever city we're in. So I think Bugsy Malone for the... uh, for the, uh, for the role of the blind man. All right, Peach. Well, if you can contact these people and just gauge interest in the project. I mentioned him a fair bit of my Instagram stories. I'm like, Bugs and I think you're really good. And I haven't heard back as yet. So I'll, I'll keep that up. <laughs> <laughs> Every couple of months, I'll be like, here's a Bugsy Malone song I'm listening to right now. And, I, <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully these people will be like, this guy... <laughs> I wonder if he's writing a film. <laughs> we should check in to see. <laughs> he, seems to, he seems to be fairly into some of Bugsy Malone's songs. So yeah, that's a good there are a lot of There are a lot of tracks at the moment where you get a grime MC and an American MC on a track together. So Ludacris and Bugsy on a track together at the end. Oh, that'd be pretty good. Be Again, we're, we're spending a lot of money on Luda, but who knows? Like, he might still be pretty expensive. So maybe Luda, we could only afford him no, doing no, the ad libs. No, no, on Luda. Luda started his own label and sold himself to himself. He would understand taking just some of the gross. We pay him nothing up front and we curse ourselves because we made $240 million and we're giving like $60 million of it away straight to Luda. But 
It's that Luda star power we need. That's how we get Bugsy Malone on board. The Bugsy plus Luda factor will get French Montana in there. Also, 20 years ago, making 240 million would be amazing. I think now that's like, you, it's, it's film suicide. <laughs> it's like, why did you even bother making a film at all if you're only going to make 240 million? Anyway, look, let's, let's go. Okay, so I'd be cold pretty open. pleased if we made 240 million. That's why, that's why, that's why you're not the <laughs> executive producer on either. <laughs> So you're in the Vasil. I'm sure Mad Max Fury Road didn't make much money. How much money did Mad Max Fury Road make? I think it's like 400 million or less. 375 billion. Mm. So, mm. like, arguably the greatest action movie of all time ish. 375 million. We could make if they made 375. We could make 350. You surely with eyes up. All right. Well, look. Let Let's get through this and see. You know what sort of money we're talking about towards the end okay so cold open in the year 2031 we know it's the year 2031 because because post-covid people are still kind of half working at home everyone's getting drone deliveries phones are really tiny there's holograms here and there oh and all the cars don't have wheels they all sort of float just above the ground but apart from cars sick slightly different different fashion bit of wearable tech maybe there's some digital crowns going on have i just frozen i've frozen let me talk to you about what i talk about when shag's not in the room you guys it is crazy stuff oh no shag's back awesome okay no sorry about that so we've got like wearable tech we got hover cars but basically it's the same and the problem with setting it in the year 2031 we can't have that classic film technique of somebody walking past a store with all the tvs in the front and we see a news story on that tv so we're going to have to see someone like a bunch of people scrolling on their future phones or whatever and seeing this story about an astronaut who's come back from space with a mysterious illness cut to the titles it's eyes up sick i'm about it after the titles it's a year later and after that astronaut there's been a crazy virus that's passed between people's eyes every time they look at each other. It's run rampant around the world. We've tried social isolation. It it didn't quite work. Like it worked, but then it didn't. And now basically the world's in chaos and all the blind people have been rounded up and put in these mental institutions because like the world's become very tribal and people don't trust blind people because they're the only people who are safe from this demon virus. This is probably my favorite film already. I'm like, whoa. Tell me more. <laughs> is everyone keeping the same skin on or are we messing around with skin? Like, I want to hear about what's going on. All right. That's where we meet Bugsy Malone, a.k.a. Blind Man. Yes. Now, Blind Man is clearly the He's tough... He's in like sick everybody... physical shape. Like, we are he enough, is. like, we need to sell tickets. So he needs to be being like, oh, I'm doing some blind sit-ups over here, guys. Yeah, he's yeah. he's doing like, he is like doing like pull-ups in his like... He's Linda Hamilton in Terminator 2 is what he is. Basically, That's in yeah. fact and exactly he... his character. He's in the asylum. He's doing chin-ups on something. He's Linda Hamilton. Now, we know that he's the one that doesn't take shit from the psychologist. Now, all the psychologists are horror movie psychologists. They don't care about their patients. They basically hate their patients. They joke with each other. You know, if one of them falls down, they're like, oh, look at that idiot, rather yeah. than having like some sort of- How many fingers, Blindy? Yeah. <laughs> that, that would happen so much. We, we actually have a scene where the guy whose skin gets stolen says that, so we oh, don't feel bad. I can't wait till his skin gets stolen, that guy. Like that guy. Anyway. 
somebody catches the demon virus in this institution, which is fucked, right? Because they're all blind. So who brought it in? Creates chaos. There's a riot. Blind man sees his moment to escape, goes to old how many fingers guy. Mm. He's, I think he's already dead. I don't think we see blind man kill this person, Mm. but skins him. Now, you know, going back to the podcast we had with uh, Too Scary Didn't Watch, I think we need to go a little bit into detail about how this works. Where does he get the skills for it? Or yeah, well, no, no, no. Like how wearing skin, like, you know, how he cuts out the eye holes, how closely he cuts them. Does he stitch things back? You know, does he put clothes over the top? Firstly, we need to use the trope, and this isn't a horror movie trope, but it's a trope from every film with The Rock, where <laughs> they need to establish the rock somehow as an underdog. So they find someone physically who's much larger than the rock to be like, hey, little rock, you're fucking idiot. And rock's like, yeah, what? Like, <laughs> like I'm still a tough guy. So we need to make sure the psychiatrist is physically, but notwithstanding the fact that Bugsy Malone is reasonably physically imposing, we need to make sure that the uh, psychiatrist bully is physically larger than Bugsy Malone, such that the idea of wearing the skin of the larger man makes sense to us. We see it. We're like, yeah, all right, he could fit inside the skin of of that person. And he was... That's actually really cool. So Bugsy Malone was a Navy SEAL who lived on the land, which is how he understands all the farming practices that he's going to come to encounter. So he had to skin a lot of animals in order to make his clothes while he was a farmer. And he also understands how to skin them. So there's enough room inside to get in there, but you also don't get covered in blood and veins (laughs) and stuff. Like, there's a lot. We don't need a scene where he's like brushing veins off his like shoulder and being like, "Whoops, missed one." <laughs> anyway, I'm trying anyway, to get so, my hand into this inside this person's skin like a glove. So, so he's he's escaping and he's passing as like Doctor How Many Fingers, and mm. you know the robot who checks skin is like skin check complete. Good morning, Doctor How Many Fingers, and you know that's a nice juxtaposition because there's a riot going on, but the the robot saying Good morning, Doctor Fingers. But as he's about to escape, he noticed there's like a manic pixie dream girl character who's also blind. Yes. Or maybe isn't, maybe she, in fact, maybe she's not blind because maybe. She's been sympathetic, served yeah, part of the yes. food service all the time. And, like, meanwhile, hey, and she's it. like trying to beat back a bunch of like evil dudes. And so he saves her, you know, skin check robots like beep, bloop, bloop. Why are you saving this girl? And so then he throws off the skin in like a super cool scene and just yes. kicks the shit out of everyone, including this robot, and they escape. Which I understand is, he, is he's pretty blind action movie Like, is he still blind? No, no, he's blind. No, okay, no, no, he's good. still blind. And as the audience, we, we think he's blind the whole way through, right? Sick. So they escape. Mm. And she's like, you know, thanks for helping me. Where are you going to go now? And he's like... I've never told anybody this, but he then reveals that you have to do his accent shag, or I'm really not going to get into. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's going on. Who have you cast even here? Look, you don't don't want to know about me, love. And so he reveals that the he reveals to the girl that you know his sister was the astronaut that started all of this so you know he feels responsible and the only way to make it right is to go back to their childhood home which she always said if anything ever happens to either of us Mm. we need to go back to the childhood home you know maybe i don't know to to create a burial for us or something and then we'll be we'll be like everything will be okay there'll be a phrase like the secrets on the back porch or like the answers, yeah. the answers yeah. on the hill or whatever. Yep, yep, yep. So that's 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 his mission. And she's like, well, fuck this. I'm coming with you. And she's kind of the comic relief. 
and also gives him a bit of a reason to always be like, look, I'm the good guy. Anyway, he escapes into this new society and here's what's happening in the new society. It's become these like farm like gangs. There's yes, also feral yeah. dogs roaming everywhere. Feral dogs have reclaimed their role as, you know, predators in the world. And they're sure. super scary. And there's some awesome nighttime scenes where they're like stalked by like like Dobermans, like a like a group of Dobermans who become like super feral and super wild. Right. So that that's existing in the world. But they had to make it back to this farmhouse where they lived, because you grew up on a farm, you're right. They have to part, they have to go from the city into the country and they have to do it by foot because no one can drive anymore. Like society's broken down, right? So it's a long journey. They pass through a bunch of these farm cliques as they go. Now, the main antagonist of the film is one of these cliques they meet. They meet this gang and they're called the Scissor Gang because they kill people with scissors. Shit, the Scissor Gang. Oh, can we get Elizabeth Moss? Yeah. Can she be the chief of the Scissor Gang? She is the chief of the scissor gang and the scissor gang basically, and they use their scissors to take the eyes out of people because that's how you you stop this thing from spreading. Right. But they've got slave farmers who they've stabbed in the eyes. And so they've got nowhere Mm. to go. And so they're slaves to the scissor gang. Now, for some reason, the scissor gang, no, like are after blind man and his partner. Like they want to kill blind man and his partner. And we just, we assume they're just bad guys and they're the antagonists, right? Anyway, so the film progresses, lots of stuff happens. Uh, (laughs) That's my favourite bit of the movie when all that stuff, (laughs) (laughs) the stuff's rolling along, it's sick, you know, plot left, right and centre. This is why it's a first draft pitch. That you know, we need to obviously we need to fill in the blanks. We haven't even worked out who Ludacris plays at the moment. Is he the? I reckon he'll want to be the chieftains of one of the cooler farm gangs. Yeah, to be like, yo, you're not down with the Luda farmers. No, <laughs> I, I suspect um, Ludacris will play. They're like, hey, blind man, good to see you. Don't worry, come and hang with the Luda farmers. Don't worry, we're not going to double cross you. Everything's fine. Don't even worry about being double crossed. <gasps> double crossed you. And then <laughs> Blind Man's going to have to help Pixie Dream Girl escape out of that. And then off they go on the next adventure. There needs yeah, to be some gaslighting that... in here somewhere. I suspect Pixie Dream Girl turns out to have been gaslighting Blind Man. Some thrilling yeah. double cross at some stage. There will be so much gaslighting in this film. But as they, they, they progress, you know, through the world. And I think maybe there's like a false ending where they get to this nice farm community and they're yes. like, this is awesome and everything's fine. And then the scissor gang come in, murder everybody. They have to escape. And they're like, the only way we can get out of this, we have to go back to my childhood home, make things right by going to the back porch and, you know, burying my sisters, whatever. Maybe he's already carrying his sister's ashes or something in his like locket. He's got a locket of his sister's ashes, which she gave to him. And she's like, if anything happens to us, please bury. And he's like, if I can just bury this, because she started this, if I can put her soul to rest, maybe this whole thing will go away, right? So they eventually make it to their farm. When they get there, they're met. This is like my favorite movie, by the way. I'm having an awesome time. This is sick. So they're met by the scissor gang and there's this final confrontation, but because of something that either Pixie Dream Girl or the blind man learnt during their trip, they get one up and they kill all the scissor gang with scissors in horrible ways and they emerge victorious, right? Yes. So all we need to do is bury the sisters, lock yes. ashes and everything's fine. Right. So what happens is when he finally buries the ashes, expecting things to be right, 
the sister comes up and is like, I was never your sister. And I haven't quite worked out what happens is, but basically the end is hereditary. So it turns out that he was the demon all along. It turned out the virus wasn't a direct virus. It was a space demon virus that basically anybody who saw it, um, anybody who looked at like it saw in your eyes, basically saw this demon and seeing this demon and being realizing that hell existed was too much. And you went crazy and eventually your eyes exploded. Right. So we then have a flashback to all through the film and we realize the blind man wasn't blind at all. And all the people he looked at during the film, we see them either dead or their eyes exploding or whatever. And we realize, you know, the whole way through the film, he's been leaving this, this thing of carnage. Then we go to pixie dream girl who also saw him in the eyes. She's dying. He's like, fuck, what have I done until he realizes that he's not blind man in fact. And then I had to go through Wikipedia and look for some demons that haven't been used because Astaroth has been used by Astrum. Paimon's been used. Obviously, he can't be Beelzebub or like Lucifer or any of those. So he is Bereth, who was a prince of the cherubim. He tempts men to commit homicide and be quarrelsome, contentious, and blasphemous. So his whole point was he wanted society to go back to tribalism and basically just kill each other, which is why he set apart this like demon virus. And now that he is fully reawakened and come to earth, hell will now exist on earth and humanity's doomed. And the final scene is of the blind man bringing his eyes up and then just like a wry smile to be like, yes, I am Bereth, the quarrelsome demon who likes men to be angry and hate each other. And that's the end of Eyes Up. That is fucking brilliant. And it has strong hereditary vibes. And so I love it for that. I've got, I've got a, I've got an alternate for you to throw to you. (laughs) A non-Bereth related alternate. So we're there. We're at the childhood house. So you weren't happy with my end. I thought the end was fucking perfect and I don't like, I don't, I don't want to do mine, but I want you to hear it so you can dismiss it. So we do yours. Okay. Fucking Bereth. Like I love how deep you are in Bereth as well, because then he realizes he's been the bad guy. Mm. And every time, even though he was blind, he wasn't blind at all. And he was killing people all the way through because there's all these scenes where it's like eyes up, like, because, you know, as we talked about, like people show their trust in this world by looking each other in the eyes and they're like, man, I can't eyes up with you. And he's like, I'm a blind man. What am I? Oh, sorry. I'm a blind man. What am I going to do? You fucking what? Mate, is this your old fucking blind fucking governor? Yeah. So there's, there's this sick reveal at the end, like this cascade of people's eyes exploding because you know, you're realizing that he's killed so many people on this path. What is the, the name of that Italian film that we did as, as episode 11? The Tilda Swinton one, whose name I've forgotten. Peach, I can't remember. You know, the 1977 version and the Tilda Swinton version where the demon whispers death in the ear, whispers death and there he is. And you do a dance Peach, and it's what? a deadly dance. Oh, Suspiria. Suspiria. So it's similar to Suspiria where, we're, where it's just death. I'm just a fucking death. Mm. So I think yours is better. And let me give you the worst version. Okay. So we're back at Scissor Gang final boss moment. And we've just managed to kill all the Scissor Gang. And just for some reason, the ashes have slipped from blind man's neck. Right? They're not there. And there's been a scramble for them. And half the time it's been Scissor Gang. And it turns out they're in Manic Pixie Dream Girl's hands. And blind man's panicking. He's like, shit, 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 shit. where's the sister's ashes? This is what I need to finish this off. Oh, no, 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 no. What's, what's going on? What's going to happen? And then he looks over and sees Manic Pixie Dream Girl has it in her hands, hands closed, and it's the chain hanging around the side. He's like, oh, yeah, I can see. 
Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Oh man, that's awesome. Um, yeah, thanks. If you could just hand me the ashes, that'd be um, that'd be awesome. And she's for some reason still, or for some reason not moving, or for some reason unresponsive. And with better editing and story writing than me, we actually think back and we realize that we haven't looked her in the eyes. And so blind man turns and says, like, like the ashes, this is it. This is what we need. This is, this is the end. This is, this is what's happening. And we're panicking because we realize that the fundamental show of trust that the, that this movie has been built on the eyes up moment hasn't happened between Manic Pixie, Dream Girl, and Blind Man. And then we're thinking back on these strange things that Manic Pixie, Dream Girl did when the Scissor Gang were there and how she had a bit of a vibe with Ludacris when Luda's gang was in. And how we don't really understand why she was breaking out of the asylum because she's not blind. What does, what does she have to do with her? And so, like, our final shot, arguably, is of blind man like wrestling with this outcome of like fuck like 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 who is this person who i've just like sacrificed everything for and now is holding the fate of what i'm chasing for who is it he asks her for eyes up and he's never trusted anyone enough yet to do eyes up and so he lifts them and our final scene is looking at him showing the moment of faith and looking surprised, and then we fade to black, and we don't know what's happened. Gotcha. So you're 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 giving us an ending where we actually like it's quite mysterious, and we don't know what happens. Where I'm yeah. basically going, it's the ending's hereditary. Well, I think yours is better. Mine is like when we say yours is hereditary. Mine is um, Leonardo DiCaprio, um, Chris Nolan film. Yeah, it's the spinning top at the end of Inception. yeah, exactly. It's exactly the same thing. I'm like, oh. Fuck so, like, do, do they really trust each other or not? Oh, shit. Peach, Peach, let's take these both to... No, let's take these both to a test screening and we'll see how they feel. But, I mean, let's, I mean, let's ask Bugsy. Let's ask Luda. See what, see what they're feeling. Because, you know, if Luda's going to take part of the takings, he'll probably want to have a say in the story. And maybe let's, let's let him decide which of these cuts he likes. There's the peach cut and the shag cut of Eyes Up. But, okay, here's where it gets crazy. Okay, so mid-credits, the film does that thing where it feels like it's been swallowed and it goes, and it burns. And then it turns out there's a documentary <laughs> about all the people that have died. While it's filled in this up. format, in Zoom format of two people talking about, like, do you remember, like, now the year's 2054, do you remember that old-fashioned old movie Eyes Up? But no, no, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. So it is like that, except, no, Eyes Up's a new film. But then at the end, like, we, we promote it by being like, yeah, this, this cool new creative duo, Peach and Shag and Ludacris, <laughs> creating a new, present you a new film called Eyes Up. And then at the end, halfway through that, they do a documentary about how, like, all these people died and Peach and Shag mysteriously disappeared. And it's like, if you have any information on the whereabouts of Peach and Shag, please visit this website. And you go to the website and this is marketing for the film. And we don't show up to the premiere. Like, Ludacris is at the premiere. We're not on the posters. We're just nowhere to be seen. And at the end of the film, everyone's like, Eyes Up was cool, but what happened? Is it a curse? Like, what happened to Peach and Jack? Do I ever get to hang out with Bugsy Malone in this scenario? <laughs> like, I'd love to have a couple of beers with Bugsy Malone, pick his brain. You have to do that before the marketing cycle of the film. Shit. 
So I feel like I've mentioned him in enough Instagram stories now to really let him know that, you know, that some of his songs are pretty good. Like surely I'm now on, on his radar and his people are like, what's Peach? What's going on with Peach? That is Spooko's first original, well, the first draft of Spooko's first original film, Eyes Up. You heard it here first. Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?